Welcome back to Aliyah Yomi. Today we're going to be learning Achrei Mois Chamishi, the fifth Aliyah in Pasha's Achrei Mois. The topic of our Aliyah is the laws of holy sacrifice. It is 14 Sukim long running from Perik Yud Zayin Ches to Perik Yud Ches Hey. Let's take a look at um, some of the details that are in this Aliyah. A basic overview is the first mitzvah which is described over here is the idea of what's called Shchutei Chutz, that people are not allowed to shecht animals for korbanos outside of the Pesach al Moed, the entrance of the Tent of Meeting. If they do v'nichras that is considered a sin if which a person is excommunicated from Israel. So it's a very serious sin. Then we hear, and, and the next halacha, which is applied to all Jews, all, all those who convert to Judaism, anybody who eats blood, Hashem says, I'm going to cut off that, uh, that person, I'm going to spend time um, focusing on punishing that person as well. Um, why? The, the, the soul is in the blood, and I'm not, you're, you're not allowed to eat it. Um, that's the, the second mitzvah. The third mitzvah we have over here is, Ish Ish Mibnei Yisrael, so if anybody in Israel or, or, or of the converts, Asher Yotzud Tzed Chaya Orof, will hunt a, um, a wild kosher animal or a bird, Asher Yeochel, that can be eaten, Veshofach Estomav Kisar Be'afar, it needs to be covered, the blood when slaughtered needs to be covered in dust. This is the, the mitzvah of what's called Kisui Hadam, of covering the blood. Um, uh, so again, also related to sacrifice, to slaughter, these are the ideas. And we hear that anybody who eats an Avela or Trefa, Anybody who eats a non-kosher, an animal which is not killed properly or is not not, not appropriate to eat, that person actually receives, receives tumor. They need to uh, they they're impure and they need to um, um, they they will need to go to the mikveh, change their clothes, the whole business in order to come become pure again. So it's not just a well called isur veheter where it's allowed or not allowed. It's also purity and impurity which is connected to that action. Finally. Aliyah concludes with the first paragraph of Perek Ches, in which we're told that we're not allowed to do You're not allowed to act like the Egyptian culture in which the nation of Israel just left. And like the Canaanite culture which they're about to enter into. They cannot do and they cannot go in their, in their ways. You need to guard the, the precepts, the concepts of the Torah and live with them. And says Hashem, I am your God. So a number of very basic points to ponder on. Number one is, why is eating blood so bad? What is so, so negative about this? So the Orach HaMakodesh explains that the soul of a Israelite comes from a very, very lofty place. Although, yes, you can look at the body and measure it and put it under the same um, biological tests and it'll come out looking the same as, much the same as any other person or, um, or as a primate for, for all intents and purposes. In the end of the day, um, the 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 soul of an Israelite, which is not measured with the tools and the logic of the bio the bi- biological world, the, med- the world of medicine and science, that soul comes from a very very lofty place, and it's connected to this body as its platform. Um, but the soul of an animal, an animal does have a soul. It's there's a few layers of soul. There's five basic layers of soul: nefesh, ruach, neshama, chaya, and yechida. As the Ramachal explains, the lowest level of soul, which is sort of the instinctual being, which animates even animals, is the nefesh. Animals also have that as well. But that comes from the lowest level of spirituality. Even It's a metaphysical reality too. And what, what gives life, essentially. And when a person eat, um, it, it consumes the blood of an animal, in a certain sense, they're imbibing some of that lower spiritual entity into the loftier spiritual entity. And it goes straight into the bloodstream. This is something which is, which is seen as metaphysically, spiritually very damaging. Um, which is why this the, the, this mitzvah is as such as well. 
Now, what kind of punishment does a person get for this? The Malbim points out, you'll notice over here that it says, on Asati Ponai Bohem, I'll give my face to them, says Hashem, to sort of speak, focus on them. Um, uh, the Malbim points out that there's two different ways Hashem can punish us. One is he can remove himself completely from the picture, and that's called Hester Ponim. Hashem's presence is not felt, and in the void, in the vacuum of Hashem's existence, that's when dangerous and terrible things happen. That's one version. The other one is Hashem could actually focus and punish on that person that, uh, person directly, and that's what's happening in this case over here as well. What does it mean that the soul is in the blood? What does it mean that the, the soul is actually to be found in the blood? Um, I, I, just in, in, in common terms today. This is actually a matter of, of dispute. And um, so some of the Mepharshim explain that this refers to perhaps all of the blood. And the Mepharshim say, no, it's the first blood that comes out when an animal or when a person is, is, is killed or slaughtered. It's that lifeblood. Others say, well, it's the amount of blood that remains that can keep the body functional, even if the rest of the blood has been removed. So the first blood that comes out is not where the soul is, it's the blood that keeps this, the system functioning as well. Rabbi Arya Kaplan has a very fascinating observation in a footnote on his translation to the Derech Hashem of the Ramchal in which he argues based on Kabbalistic sources, the writings of the Arizal, that perhaps the, the notion of this loftier part of the blood in which the soul, the lowest part of the soul is found, this, this connection between the metaphysical and the physical, is actually found in the loftiest aspect of the human body, which is in fact the neural pathway. So when it says that Badam refers to the blood, yes, it, it, it does refer to blood physically, but it also can be referring to the notion of where is the soul found, is the neural pathways, the synapses in which transmit these electronic signals, signals and pulses through that, uh, through that network. That could be also another possibility as to understanding what's going on over here as well. Um, what is the mitzvah of Kisra Adam, whatever this covering of the blood, and why is it here? So the Orach HaMakarish says there's actually three mitzvahs over here, and he makes a very stunning observation in which he says, when a person says, that a person will hunt a bird and a, uh, and a wild animal, which can be eaten, like they were talking about, let's say, a, a goose or a, or a deer, things that, uh, that, that need to be hunted, those are kosher animals. Um, he points out that it is clear here from the Torah that the Torah does not want us to be hunting animals which we can't eat. So the idea of hunting for fun, the Orachah Makarish points out, is not a value in the Torah. In fact, this is an implicit mitzvah against it. You can only hunt things you can eat. So going out there and just going to hunt lions or rhinoceroses um, is not a Torah value at all. Um, in addition over here, there's another two mitzvahs, and that is we can allow a drink of the blood of wild animals which are kosher, and, not, and then we also need to cover the blood. So three mitzvahs here, not hunting animals we cannot eat, um, not drinking the blood of wild animals even though they're kosher, and covering the blood. The Torah Orach explains, he quotes this over here, and he quotes Rabbi Abraham, who's, who says that to, this is to avoid the, misim, the, the, the misim, misimpression that this was a, a sacrifice, that this is actually a sacrifice, and it took place outside of the Mishkan or the Megdash, which is why Kisri Adam is needed, why you need to cover it, so be, you don't want it to look like you're doing Shkote Chutz, which is the topic of the beginning of Ar Aliyah as well. The Bechor Shor, Yosef Bechor Shor, um, has his own perspective over here, is that this idea is to show the kavod, the respect we give to mitzvahs, right? So there's, you're allowed to shech these animals, but you treat the animal respectfully. This is not just a slaughterhouse, you do whatever you want where you want. No, there's, there's, a, there's a way to do this in a respectful manner, and that's what's being taught to us over here. Clay Yaakov points out that the, the idea of the mitzvah kisar adam is only by animals which are, which are kosher but are hunted. So a regular domesticated animal, a cow or a goat, does not require kisar adam. And the reason for that is, is because by those animals, seeing as they are brought upon the mizbeach, there is already a, a notion of their, uh, their sanctity. When it comes to these animals, you, which are not usually brought on the mizbeach, you don't bring a deer on the, or a goose on the mizbeach. 
then in those cases, you need our dam to remind us of the values when eating these as well. Um, and that's why there's a there, there's an extra added mitzvah because it does not usually happen in the context of um, of the mizbeach. Um, what is the the last pasuk of Arya talking about? Um, we hear Asher Yaseh that a person needs to do these mitzvahs in order to live by them. So the Gemara in Yuma Daf Hey Amud Beis tells us a very powerful statement. This is one of the sources for the fact that that a person is supposed to live by the Torah and not die by the Torah. And this is the reason why we know that a person is expected to give up their lives for three cardinal sins or under certain circumstances, public um, reneging of the of the of religion. But otherwise, a person is meant to transgress um, most of the commandments in order to live. The Torah is meant to, to live. Rosh comments in such a beautiful observation. He says, the law is the watchword of Judaism. The teachings of the Torah do not oppose the laws of life and reality. For were they to clash with this world, were they to negate the values of the value of concrete physiological, biological existence, they, then they would contain not mercy, loving kindness, and peace, but vengeance and wrath. Even if there is only a doubtful possibility that a person's life is in danger, one renders a lenient decision, and, uh, and, and as long as one is able to discover some possible danger to life, one may use that doubt to render a lenient decision. Just understand the value system of the Torah. The Torah celebrates life. It, it sometimes asks us to make sacrifices, but it's not at the, at the cost of life. Um, and finally, one last point is, what is the, the notion of the, the actions of the land of Egypt and the land of Canaan over here? So you see an interesting thing. You see, at first it takes the, the country they came from and the country they're going to. And as Rosh actually points out, those two countries, Egypt and Canaan, in which they are in between, could not be more different from each, from each other. Egypt was an urbanized, sophisticated um, um, reality, whereas Canaan was a rural and primitive society. Yet both of them had immorality. Both of them had values which were not um, or those of Judaism. And throughout all of history, Judaism, Jews have spent time in very sophisticated societies and very backwards and primitive societies. And yet again, Judaism is the perennial question mark on all cultures, is the perennial calling of a higher value system which does not align itself necessarily with the societies of the world. Slowly but surely over time, those societies have slowly aligned with Judaic values. But that's not, that, that, that is not because Judaism is moving towards them, but rather they move towards the values of Judaism. With this, we conclude the fifth aliyah. In the meantime, have a wonderful and meaningful day.